Good morning. Let's pray. Lord, um, I pray that you will uh, be with the Holy Spirit. We ask you to speak to us, to speak through us, God. Just uh, fill our fill our hearts with what you want us to know, Lord. I pray that your word won't return void, and we, we have faith that it won't. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as always, uh, no one expected you to know everything when you came in today. Uh, we do not expect you to be a Bible scholar. In fact, uh, you may not have a Bible. If you have a Bible, it's possible you've misplaced it and don't know where it is. We get all of those things. Uh, so for any of those situations, we have a Bible we would love to give you. Those are on the door uh, on the way out. And really encourage you to do that. You have, a, you have a notes section. Take some notes today. Write down some scriptures. Go, go fact check me. I, I love those conversations. I want, you, uh, I want you to do that. I'm just your cheerleader for the relationship that you are going to have with God. Okay? So, um, so I love that. Go check me on that. Write those scriptures down. The Bible is a small library of 66 books. The first 39 are the Old Testament, and they tell the story of God creating the world, choosing people, promising that He will bring a Messiah, and then when that Messiah comes, we start the New Testament. Now, there is, in some people's minds, a little bit of conflict between the Old and New Testament. In fact, when Jesus came, if you will read through this lens, a lot of His teaching was expressed explaining to people how the old law, the old covenant, or the Old Testament had been fulfilled. How he was the fulfillment of the old law. And he had ushered in a new law, a law of grace. A new law, a new covenant, or we call it the New Testament. All right? Those are all synonymous. So there was a little bit of um, uh, conflict because they were like, Oh, no, well, you, you, still have to, you, you still have to do this, though, right? You still have to do this, right? And, and Jesus embarks on this like <laughs> uh, journey to explain the law of grace and love. And he does a really good job with it. We're going to go through some of that today. Um, but we've got to understand a few things. First off is just in vocabulary, the difference between being given something and earning something. Okay? The difference between being given something and earning something. If you walked out of here today and I handed you a $20 bill and said, I just really want you to have this. That's completely different than if you came in and cleaned the building this morning for everyone to be here and you earned it. Okay? So, that's the first thing. Just we, We've got we've to compartmentalize those as we are reading. All right? I want to read Romans chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. And then i got to do a little bit of background uh, to catch you up on what we've just read. All right? So don't tune me out. There are some things that we're going to talk about that you may have heard before. Don't tune me out because almost everyone that I run, that, that I run into, that I have this conversation with, uh, doesn't really have a clear understanding of, of these passages. So hang with me. Romans chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. 
What then will we say? That Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, has found. If Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about. But not before God. What does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him for righteousness. This is what I was just talking about. This is the Apostle Paul writing a letter to the church in Rome trying to explain to them the new law of grace and love. For us, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but let me catch you up, and then it will. You see, God creates the world, and we know that we have Adam and Eve, and they kind of mess things up, right? And then the world uh, really began to go downhill. And so God caused the great flood, but he found one righteous man, Noah. And so you have Noah sort of beginning to rebuild the population, and the earth was almost wiped out because of the sin of mankind. But now humanity is saved from the flood, saved from the wrath of God, and now we're building up, and God sees a man, and he says, I'm going to choose this man, and through this man, the whole world will be saved. And that man is Abraham. Now, we know him as Abraham. He started off as Abram, right? And, and God came to Abraham and told him that he was going to be a great nation, that the world was going to be blessed through him. The problem was Abraham was very old. He and his wife uh, could not have kids. And so Abraham is told by God that he is going to be the father of many nations, that the world will be blessed through him. And when he was told this, he's 75 years old. God does not fulfill that promise to him for 25 more years. He doesn't have the son of blessing. Now, he has another son. He tried to take matters into his own hands, you know. But he doesn't have the son of blessing through whom God promised his promise until he is 100 years old. And so this people, this lineage carries on today. You know them as the Jews. This is where it started. This is their patriarch. This is where it begins. So in this letter, uh, Hebrew speaking, what you, we know of as Jewish people, would have understood this. That Abraham believed through faith and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now, why is this important? Because the Old Testament or the old law is the law as written, as told, as delivered to Moses. Abraham lived way before Moses. Have you ever thought about that? Like, we, we grew up in Texas, and so you, you may believe, you may not, but we've heard, you need to get saved. You, girl, y'all need Jesus. You know, you've heard that. And so we know, okay, so to be saved from our sins, we need Jesus. But what did people do before Jesus? How did you get saved? How did you go to heaven before Jesus? Well, you had to follow the law. And that was the law given to Moses. Well, what about the people before Moses? That's what we're talking about. Abraham believed God. Believe. 
there's another word that believe and faith are kind of like a noun and verb form of the same thing in the right context. But he believed God, and that's all it took. This was before the law. This was before Jesus. Abraham had faith, and it was credited to him for righteousness. Let me read you this passage just real quick. Genesis 15, 6. After these events, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your reward. You will... uh, your reward will be very great. But Abram said, Lord God, what can you give me since I am childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Abram continued, look, you have given me no offspring. So a slave born in my house will be my heir. Remember, it's not the same thing as what you know of slavery, but still. Now the word of the Lord came to him. This one will not be your heir. Instead, one who comes from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look at the sky and count the stars if you are able to count them. Then he said to him, your offspring will be that numerous. Abraham believed the Lord and he credited credited to him as righteousness. What was given to him as a credit for righteousness? His, His faith is credited as righteousness. This was before the law. This was before Jesus. He took a 75-year-old man outside and said, you see how you can't count the stars in the sky? In the same way, you won't be able to count your offspring, a 75-year-old childless man. And the crazy thing is, is Abram believed him. And so why did God choose Abram? Because he believed him. Because he had faith in him. This is why he moved at 75 years old. God said, I want you to move to a new place. I think by 75, you're pretty well settled in. And he says, okay. And he goes until he finds the place that God shows him to be. And so his faith made him right with God. I'm going to keep going in Romans chapter 4. That's where we picked up. Let's keep going. Romans chapter 4, verse 4. Now, to the one who works, pay is not credited as a gift. Remember, if you work for it and you get money for it, that wasn't a gift. You earned it. But as something owed. But to the one who does not work but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited for Righteousness. God wants to make you righteous. That means sinless. That means worthy. That means able to be with God. And you go, whoo, I better get to working if I'm going to earn that. And you never will. You will never live up to God's standard. Now, I'm going to, I don't know, uh, you guys watching me online, I don't know if you can see uh, me on this side or, or that, but we'll give it a shot. So, I want to be on a platform, because this platform where, where my, my trusty craftsman, t- y'all, y'all can't even see that, can you? Did you? I say that, you have no idea what I'm talking about. This is straight out of a garage, okay? My dad was, I was like, I need something to set my Bible on. He's like, I'm not using that. It was out of his shop, so I was like, love it. You have no idea. Okay, so... 
That's the, that's the platform, and this is salvation, and this is heaven. This is the kingdom of God. This is where people want to be. And I'm like, whoo, I'm going to have to stop drinking, and I'm going to have to stop cussing. And most of y'all fall right there. Like, <laughs> I've met some of you ladies, and it is not good, okay? And so we start back again. I'm going to do it this time. And, when, and, and, and we isolate ourselves. Well, what i got to do is i got to isolate myself and i got to get away. And, hey, the Bible says bad company corrupts good character. Yes, it's good to get, uh, to get someone who's a negative influence out of your life. Well, I'm not too good for It's not about being too good for anyone. It's about not being good enough to be around something and not go for it. So, yeah, that's good. And so, okay, I've gotten this out of my life. And so I'm going to make the next step, and I'm going to be super religious, and I'm going to do all these things. And you will never, this is a bad example because that stairwell would be so high that you would never see the top. And you will never make it. You're going to need a snack about step three. You're not going to make it. So we try, and and again, you're like, yeah, I knew all this. But do you? (laughs) But do you? Because listen, what are you doing to get close to God? And then you will tell me about how you're trying to earn it. It is a gift. You don't deserve it. That's the whole principle behind a gift. For your birthday, you got gifts. What would you do? All you did was survive another day. You didn't earn it. And so now God has placed me on a platform God has placed you on a platform. He's ushered you into the kingdom of God. Why? Because you're awesome? You're you're awesome as humans go, but you will never make the standard of God. You can accept it as a gift or not. Well, preacher, I'll tell you right now, you you can't just start living however you want. Dude, when you get into the kingdom of God and you understand the gift that was given you, though you didn't deserve it, you will begin to do works because you were like, Woo! You need to get up here. Let me help you, my friend. This is the place to be. I could have never gotten here on my own. Let me show you. And I do good works because I'm here, not so that I can get here. I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Again, you've heard this before. Listen to it in a new context. For you are saved by grace through faith. Grace. What is grace? Again, when someone is gracious with you, they give you something you don't deserve. You're saved by grace. Would you stop waiting to get closer to God until you're good enough to earn it? Because you will wait until you can't fog up a mirror any longer, and it will be too late. For, by, for you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. Faith is not from yourself. Do you know that? The Bible says that to each man is given a measure of faith. You can't, even, you can't even give God your belief without his help. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. God doesn't want to share credit with you. Well, that seems arrogant. No, arrogant is thinking more highly of yourself than you are. God knows what he is. And we are not to touch His glory. We are to receive His glory. That didn't work, did it? Because if you receive it, you touch it. You know what I mean. We're not to claim His glory. We're to receive His glory. There, that worked better. So God wants to take you 
from ungodly to righteous. And you'll never get there on your own. And you know that. You've heard that. You've heard Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace you're saved through faith. It's a gift from God, lest not, of, uh, not of works so that no man can boast. And you've heard that. And you, you might can even quote that. But, but if, you, if, if, if you're asked, you're still trying to earn it. Have you been baptized? I just want to wait until I'm <laughs> earning it again. You're still trying to earn it. How many times are you going to fall down the ladder? And you've fallen down the ladder. We all have. In fact, you've got to do a little bit of that just to understand that you can't do it. But you don't have to do it as many times as I've done it. Romans 3.23 The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. To all who what? The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus for all who work for it. No, for all who don't, don't say cuss words around the preacher. Man, I hate when y'all do that. <laughs> Golly. You're like, oh, I'm sorry, preacher. <laughs> to all who believe, since there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody, all. You'll never make it up the ladder. The rung's going to break. You're going to fall. You're going to trip. You're going to hit hard. No one earns salvation. Well, that's just prosperity gospel. This is too good to be true. Do you understand that the word gospel means good news? <laughs> we ain't up here with bad news. It's not too good to be true. Will God hold you to a standard? Yes. But in the same way you hold your kid to a standard. You don't stop being my kid because you've sinned. If not, Bodie would be on his 19th adoption, okay? <laughs> you don't stop being my son. You don't stop being my daughter because you've sinned. You may get punished. You may have to learn the hard way. You're still my kid. For all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, they are justified freely by His grace. Again, what does it mean to be justified? Justified means to be made right. They're made right. Why? By their efforts? <laughs> by His grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You're redeemed by Christ because it is found nowhere else. But I don't... I don't understand. Like God asks us to do so many things. Isn't there some works that have to be done? Yes. Now allow me to speak out both sides of my mouth for a minute because you're going to be like, hey, second half of your message contradicted everything in the first half. No, it doesn't. Hang on. Because we're going to work, but we're going to work for principles. We're not working for salvation. Okay? We're not working for a gift. We're being responsible with the gift. This is why we work. We can keep going with this theme. Here we go. There's a book in, in the back of your Bible. I actually, uh, I actually recommended quite a few people read this book uh, this week. And as the Lord was just confirming for this, that this is the message that I was supposed to speak. And so um, the book of James is only five chapters long. It was actually the first book in the New Testament uh, that was pinned down, 
And, and one of the reasons I think it would be so helpful to you is because when James was written, Christianity was so new. And so if you're new to your faith, this is a really good uh, book for you. But, but there's a profound passage in chapter 2. Hang with me. James chapter 2, verse 14. All the scripture will be on the screen. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works? Hang on, I'm not contradicting myself. Just Can such faith save him? If a brother or sister without clothes and lacks daily food, and one, of you, uh, and one of you says to them, go in peace, stay warm and be well fed, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. But someone will say... You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you faith by my works. You see, faith and works will be together or not at all. We act on what we believe. We act on what we believe. If I say, hey, who's the best artist out there? Who's the best singer? What's the best music? And some of you will say Bob Seger and the rest of you will be wrong. But uh, everybody under 30 is like, kidding. But if you say Bob Seger's the best, Bob Seger's the man, show me your playlist. You ain't got him, you don't believe it. We act on what we believe. Verse 19, you believe that God is one. Good. Even the demons believe, and they shudder. They're afraid of God, but they don't accept Him as their Lord. How do we know that? Look at what they're doing. Senseless person, are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? Wasn't Abraham? Ooh, we're about to go back to Abraham, but you already know all the story. Was Abraham our father justified by works in offering Isaac, his son, on the altar? I thought it just said he was given righteousness because of faith, and now it's saying because of works. Well, why was he able to work? Because he had, uh-huh. You see that faith was active together with his works. And by works, faith was made complete. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. I'm going to go to verse 26. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Works is Works isn't how you get it, it's how you know you got it. Works is not how I get saved, it's how I know I'm saved. For example, somebody's got this super nice big house. And when you're a kid, you're like, oh, they have a, they have a sweet house. That house is huge. They must be rich. <laughs> the house didn't make them rich. They have the house because they're rich. And the rest of you are going, they have debt because they were. No. <laughs> Does that make sense? They didn't, they didn't become rich because they had the house. They had the house because they're rich. 
One of y'all can, this, this has nothing to do with my message, and I should probably stick to my notes, but what is it with, what is it with horse people, man? Like, anybody been to Stephenville lately? There is a $180,000 pickup pulling a $500,000 trailer with horses that cost I don't know how much. And I'm like, do you get rich off of horses, or do rich people just get horses? I don't know. It's a conundrum for me. Where were we? Do you have faith? Well, you will know a fruit, or you will know a tree by its fruit. I gave it away. Do you have faith? I will know by your works. And, and let's, let's skip, I will know by your works. <laughs> you will know by your works. As if, if being a pastor here means like going and doing behavioral modification on everybody, I'm out, dude. I'm not into that. I want, I want, I will, we'll talk about Jesus together. You work on that. You will know. You will, do I really believe this? Man, are you acting on it? If you really believe it, you better start acting on it. Why do I need to know this? And ladies, I can't necessarily speak for you so much. Uh, guys, I think that you'll relate to this. This is the way we picture our relationship with God. Life is like the bench press. And, and I, just, I just keep stacking on weight and benching as much as I can bench. I just want to get stronger and stronger and stronger. But, man, progressive overload. i got to keep stacking on more weight, right? And so what do I need? I need a spotter. And so we view it like we're doing this bench press, and, and, and God is there just like in case we need him, just in case you can't do it. Would you throw that away for me? Let me, let me, give, you, let me give you something that may be better. When you were a kid... And some of you are going to look at this and be like, why would you ever have a crappie jig with a bobber? For an example, at church. <laughs> so when you were a kid, you were fishing. Somebody's getting baptized today. I didn't set this up just for this analogy. <laughs> but you were too little, and, and you didn't know what bait to put on. Daddy did it for you. You didn't know... My kids are still doing this sometimes. And daddy was like, flip it over. And you're, you're watching that cork, and you're just jacking with that thing the whole time. Anybody? Anybody? Man, I'm telling you what, teach a kid to fish, and you will either be spiritual or an alcoholic. <laughs> Immediately. They won't leave it alone, man. Just, just wait. Just watch it. I saw it move. That's a wave. And then it goes under, and then they miss it. Because they didn't know when to pull it up. And so when they're little enough, what has to happen? Daddy takes the pole. Daddy hooks the fish. And you hand it over to this little dude who can barely hold it 
he's doing this, and you're holding, right? Because he can't hold it, and he reels it up, and then who gets credit for the fish? Little guy gets credit for the fish. Who caught the fish? Daddy. This ain't no bench press. He's not your spotter. He set the bait because you didn't know how. He took you on the right day because you don't know how to read barometric pressure. He hooked the fish because you didn't know when to take it. And then he handed it to you and he helped you reel. That's more like what your life is like. That's what your faith is like. And we don't like that because it's a disgrace for a man to need help. Says Satan. We have a father who wants to walk every step with you. Just as Jesus walked every step with the Father. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. And Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he walked with the Holy Spirit. If you will ask the Lord every morning to guide your every step, You'd be amazed how many fish he can catch and hand you the pole. And if you could get over yourself, it's pretty fun to reel him in. If we could get over ourselves, it's pretty fun to reel him in. You have a Holy Spirit who wants to walk every step with you. God, show me today. Give me divine appointment today. Instead of, here I go, if I start dropping it on myself, help me. So how do I let go? How do I, man, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm a control freak over my own life. How do I let God start directing my path? How do I accept salvation as a gift and stop trying to earn it and start working from my position instead of working for my position? If you will work from your position, you will find that you have authority. You will find that you are a prince, that you are a princess, that you are the daughter and the son of God, and that your name has authority that your words have authority, that you are given wisdom from the place that you stand. Or you can keep trying it our way. But don't do that too many times without evaluating. <laughs> this isn't working. So, how do I do that? How do I begin to work from my position instead of work for my position? How do I treat my salvation and my relationship with God and my citizenship in the kingdom of God as a gift and stop trying to earn it? Man, I'm so glad that you asked because I have four things for you. You can read your Bible. Well, that's, let's face it, I'm not going to do that. It's full of wisdom. God wrote you a letter. 
He wrote you a letter. It is chock full of wisdom. There is something, there is a principle there for every season of your life. There's nothing that you can't go through where you won't find an answer in the Word of God. You can pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you as you go. And then you begin to just reel in the fish that He catches instead of trying your own stuff. You can go to church and people will encourage you to go in the same direction. And you will have people there that you can go to when you find yourself in a hard time. I don't know if you understand this, but we were made to be in community. Well, I don't like crowds. (laughs) That's not what I mean. Dude, go to your life group. That's not a crowd. We can study together, and I find out they struggle with the same thing. Here's how he got over this. Here's how she got over this. They're walking through this same time I am, and it makes me feel like I'm not crazy. And the last thing is you can be the church. When the Holy Spirit puts it on your heart, don't wait. Do it now. If the Lord puts it on your heart, well, how do I know if it's the Lord? Well, that's a whole different sermon, but we ask God to confirm those things. And God confirms, and it's from Him, you go for it. I don't care if you're 75 and childless. You move, and you wait for your wife to have a baby. Because his faith was credited to Him as righteousness. This was the nature of God, to love Him through faith. Before even the law, God required your faith. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. Well, I don't have much. Use that. Jesus spoke to that. He said, faith the size of a mustard seed will be the greatest. In the garden, mustard seed is the smallest. But when the tree grows up, it's the largest plant there. He knows you only have a measure of faith. Apply that. Pray, read your Bible, go to church, be the church. God is waiting for us to depend on Him like children and stop trying to earn our salvation. Now, having said that, we have someone who has done just that. If you will, uh, Corey, if you'll come. You guys know that I don't really produce my own tears, so... I'm not trying to fake cry. My eyes are killing me. All right. Corey, uh, hey, can I get a hot mic? I I, I want everybody to be able to hear this man. uh, So I'm going to hand you microphones. If you know Corey, he's not shy. In fact, I may have to take it away from him. But uh, Corey, <laughs> Corey, if you want to face, if you want to face, man, your your church family, um, Corey, you have you have asked Jesus to come into your heart and to save you, right? Right. Okay. You know, even Satan believes in God, but we accept him as our Lord and Savior. So that means that we got to follow him, even when it's not what we want to do. Are you ready to do that, Corey? Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. We believe that, Corey. Tell everybody where you're from. How old you are? <laughs> from a lot of places that's fine just tell everybody just tell everybody real quick just how old you are 21 years old okay and you're going to school right here in ranger oh yeah i go to school right here in ranger college and he does everything 
everything Ranger offers, this man is in it. Okay, awesome. Well, you guys hear that? Uh, oh, one last thing. Corey, Jesus comes back today. You go to be with him in heaven? Amen. Amen. Okay, okay. Go ahead and step in. You can keep them on if you want. No matter. All right, if you'll move here. Go ahead and sit down. That's good. That's good. Okay. I'm going to scoot you down just a little bit. All right. Corey, it is my honor, my brother, to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Grab your nose. Buried with him in death. Raised to walk in newness of life in Jesus our Lord. We got full submersion, baby. <laughs> Proud of you, man. Proud of you. All right, you guys, you guys see that? Y'all know I like to get the whole body. I don't want that right hand to live in sin, man. Corey, we're proud of you, man. We're proud of you. Guys, this guy's doing it. He's living it, man. Uh, the worship team's going to play when they do. Uh, we'll send baskets forward. And, of course, that's the appropriate place to put your tithe and offering. But, um, but also, you have, you have that card that you were given uh, when you walked in. And if you would like us to pray for you, to pray with you, uh, give, us you uh, give you a call about something, and maybe something from the message today, something you're going through, would you write that on there and put it in the basket? And we'll be sure to give you a call. Better yet, when service is over, we would love to speak with you. Uh, so, so make sure you hang around the worship team. They're, they're on here because they're a worship team. They have a relationship with Jesus. So feel free to ask them questions. Feel free to talk to me. We'd love for you to do that. But uh, please stand and worship.